Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Warmer from below, I'll jump along with Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, now part of the Beast and Family Podcast. We've got an excellent podcast for you. Joining me in segment number two, we are going to be joined by one of our good friends, Eli Becker, the founder of Heat Check CBB. Does such an amazing job taking a look at this game that we all know and love of college basketball. And we are going to be diving into this very, very small three-game slate that we are going to be seeing on Friday with him. And going to be a lot of Mountain West talk today. It is nice that the Mountain West is going to get a little bit of a day in the sunshine here. We're going to be talking about the lay of the land out there. Certainly, we're going to be diving into that big Atlantic 10 matchup between VCU and Dayton as well. And don't have to bring up the fact that we do have only three games on the card as well, which I find to be absolutely ridiculous. Like, man, we've got the Super Bowl that is coming up on Sunday. You'd figure that this would be a prime time for college basketball to put out there like a nice 15 or so game slate, but apparently they thought otherwise and well the schedule makers at B I feel like they get an F on this one but that's it we're going to be chatting about that with Eli and so much more in segment number two in the final segment going to get you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this college basketball Friday as we hit some bank shots there's only three of them so it's going to be rather short and if you do have a question comment segment idea whatever you for this podcast you do have one of two ways we have for those in first one is my twitter slash x timeline at judah underscore 81 keep in mind letters M. Maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other way, that is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not get in any of those Twitter slash X questions today, but we did have a fun day of college basketball on Thursday. Let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Now because the Greg Peterson experience is on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, 
from 9 to midnight Pacific time. If you're looking Eastern time, that would be midnight to 3. We do have to do this in a little bit of advance, so there are some games that are still hanging in the balance, but we do know how this one went. Penn State, they were able to get to Iowa, and they were able to get the job done this by a count of 89 to 79, as Iowa does continue to be one of your top over teams in all of college basketball this season, and for Iowa, it's a case where they were able to hit some relatively good shots from inside the arc, outside the arc. Much different case. They only go 4 of 15 from 3 par range. It's an Iowa team that's hitting north of 60% of their games to the over thus far this season as this one brings them to 14 overs to 8 unders. Meanwhile, Penn State has been about a 62% clip to the over thus far this season as well. So that has been something to take a look at in the Big Ten as for Penn State. They went 12 of 23 from 3 par range in this one. They had Ace Baldwin go off for 22 points. So relatively nice showing from Penn State. He also had a relatively nice showing from the old Delaware Blue Hens. They were able to get it done against Towson. This by a count of 74-62. to 62. This has been one of your better cover teams in all of college basketball as well. And the Coastal Conference, which it used to be the CAA. So if you're wondering what I mean by Coastal Conference, well, that's exactly what I mean. But that said, you've got a lot of teams that have been making a lot of money. As Delaware is now 14-9 and nine against the spread. And Towson, they've been a team that has been rising in recent weeks. And for Delaware in this one, they win this game because they go 11-19 of 19 from three-point range. You had John L. Davis also be able to provide 15 points, 15 rebounds. So a very good performance out of them. And speaking of the Coastal Conference, you've got the teams that you do want to back, the teams that you do want to fade, and one of the teams that has been very backable this far this season has actually been Stony Brook. And Stony Brook continues their winning ways. They win. They cover by kind of 79 to 64 as both Stony Brook and Monmouth are now 16-6-1 against the spread. Tyler Stevenson more. He was able to give you more for Stony Brook. He chipped in there 27 points, and this was a line about 3.5. They were able to cover that one pretty easily. If you're looking at your fate in the conference, that would actually be Hofstra. They're now 7-16 against the spread as they knocked off Hampton, but they were about an 11 or so point favorite. It was very much a nip-and-tuck game. It's a Hofstra team that, in past years, they've actually been one of your better cover teams in all of college basketball this far this season. They just, for lack of a better term, they have not had that mojo. So that has been a bit of an issue out there. I will say one of your best cover teams in all of college basketball because I had to do it very quickly with regards to recap yesterday. Troy were able to continue that on Wednesday, 82-66. to They took down Marshall. Do want to give them some love. They are now 15-5-1 against the spread. So they've been one of your more rock-solid teams in all of college basketball this season. Just like this team has been very rock-solid against the spread as well. It's not a team that you'd probably expect. That'd be Southern Utah. I do have to do this in a little bit of advance. And for Southern Utah, they were now finding themselves in the favorite role, laying about 3.5 points. So we shall see what happens here. Currently, they are down 33-25 to 25 at the half. But they have been a top-five team in all of college basketball in terms of their cover rate. So... It's going to be very fascinating to see if they're going to be able to get the job done, be able to keep their winning ways going. This team is another good cover team, and they were able to keep it going on Thursday as UW-Green Bay now 16-6 and against the spread this far this season. They take down old Robert, don't call them Bobby Morris, this by a count of 81-76. to They were in this game a about a two-and-a-half point underdog, so they were able to get the job done outright on the money line for UW-Green Bay. They did have to go to overtime in this one, and they went just 6-21 of from three, but they found a way. 29 of 35 at the charity stripe for Robert Morris. They lose the turnover battle by a count of 14 to 11 in this one as well. And for Robert Morris, they were able to hang relatively close with regards to that rebound battle as Marquis Hastings was able 
chip in there, 25 points, but 32 big ones from Noah Reynoldson. He was able to really help out this UW Green Bay team, and that is another nice win and cover for them. And this team didn't get the win, but you know what? You finally got a cover out of Detroit. It has been a long, arduous season for them, and it looked like it was going to be a really, really bad loss for them. They were down 18 points at the half. They got down 20 points at points in that first half, but they were able to claw their way back, be a little bit more respectable. 92 to 85. Right State they get the win, but Right State does not get the cover. And Detroit they improve. Air quotes improve to six and 19 against the spread with Marcus Tankersley being able to supply 29 points. They do have to give a little bit of credit here for Detroit. They were down 20 points very early on in this game, so the fact that they did not completely give up on this one makes you feel like maybe they'll be able to get one of those straight up wins. It's been a sad, pathetic year for them, but perhaps there's a little bit of hope on the rise. And as they will get a home game against IUPUI towards back half the season and you have to figure that that is going to be their perhaps shining grace if they are going to be able to get a win this season and the two-game losing streak of the DK Network write-up picks well that comes to an end just barely we got the 154 and a half to 155 overnight total to just barely stay under 85 to 69 awesome B goes out there they're able to get the job done. That brings us to 18 games above 500 as Awesome P went 13 of 27 from three. And I was writing this up. You have to be cautious of the free throw shooting in this one. Both teams want to combine 33 of 49 at the charity stripe, which is why you were able to get this one to the window. And you do want to note as well, Demarcus Sharp did not play in this game for Awesome P. That is their leader in points, rebounds, assists, steals and it was completely out of the fold and Kennesaw State lost by double figures so and should tell you a little bit about how things are going for Kennesaw State right now so had to rudely interrupt what was a pretty calm recap to share that one as that just went final as I was doing this recap and out there in the Pac-12 you did see Colorado be able to get a win but no cover against Arizona State this by a count of 82 to 70 for Colorado they were closing as about 15 to 15 half point favorites and the opener on this game was closer to like 12 and a half 13 so that was in my opinion a little bit too much of a line move but that said for Colorado they were able to get 19 big points a double double with 11 boards out of Javon Hadley he had himself a pretty nice performance overall Colorado able to go 26 of 29 at the free throw line as well but for Arizona State Frankie Collins being able to supply the team with 18 points that was just enough for the team to be able to hold in there and that's a big reason why they were able to get that cover when it comes to the big game of the night. Right now I am doing this as Arizona is down to Utah by a count of 81 to 80. We shall see what happens there and I'll alert you guys of that when this one wraps up but it does look like Utah is going to be able to get the cover there and for this team in Arizona. It has been a squad that has been floundering a little bit against the spread. They're now going to go to 14-9 and nine against the spread, so it's been a little bit of rough sledding for them and for Arizona State. That cover that they were able to get, that did bring them to 9-14 and 14 against the spread. They've been your really worst cover team out there in the Pac-12 this far this season, so that has been interesting to take note of. What else has been interesting to take note of is the way that we have been watching these Sam Ianford games as they actually played a little bit of defense on Thursday. They were able to get the job done against UNC Greensboro, 78-69. to They were able to cash in under on this one, and it was Jaden Campbell who was able to be your main guy 
for Samford being able to chip in there, 17 points. For Samford, they go 12 of 25 from three. They were slowed down quite a bit in this one, but they did force 17 turnovers. Mikhail Brown-Jones, 15 points, 11 boards for a Greensboro team. That's been pretty solid this year, but for Samford, they're now 13-9 against the spread, so they've been a fascination. What else has been a fascination in that conference is the way that VMI has just been bleeding points, but they were able to get a cover on a Thursday as they lose to Chattanooga by a count of 88 to 84. They were a double figure underdog. This was a line that I did feel went a little bit too far, but for VMI, all of a sudden they've been playing some hair grain results, though they are not the best cover team with regards to the over in this conference. Your best over team has actually been Wofford. Wofford, 15 overs to six unders thus far this season. They were not in action on Thursday, but rather they were in action on Wednesday where they played a 57-50 slog against East Tennessee State, so go figure there, but they've been a team of intrigue all season long. If you're looking at top under teams at all of college basketball, certainly Dartmouth is still number one, but Eastern and Western Illinois, they are right there as we're doing this. The Ohio Valley Conference games are still going on, but right now Eastern Illinois heading towards an under against Southern Indiana. This is a game that has been a little bit up and down. It does appear that though the scoring has picked up a little bit. Total of 133 and a half. We're at 45 to 42 with about 12 minutes and change remaining. But Eastern Illinois entered in the night. Four overs, 13 unders, and two pushes. Meanwhile, Western Illinois, five overs and 14 unders as far this season. And barring something insane, aka overtime, we should be able to get an under here. I'm doing this with about 45 seconds remaining. And Little Rock up by five points. Western Illinois was one half point favorite. And total was about 140. So as long as you avoided overtime, you were able to get Western Illinois to be able to give you an under there. And it's also been underwhelming what we've been seeing out of Maris as they are now six overs to 15 unders. But what's even more underwhelming is just the overall play of Sienna. Sienna just threw out their return. They lose to Maris by a count of 67 to 51 on their home floor. As for Sienna, they went six of 24 from three bar range. Michael Ely, Sean Duru Gorn, they combined to attempt 24 shots. They combined for 26 points and really nobody else wanted to help them out. As for Sienna, they had 17 made buckets and 15 turnovers. It was very much less than savory to say the least. What else has been a very good under team as far this season has been the Catamounts of Vermont. They do fall to NJIT and they were double figure favorites in this one of about 13 to 13 and a half points, 63 to 61. But Vermont has now been able to cash you a lot of unders. 15 unders to 7 overs for them as far this season. Vermont always plays at one of the most slow, grimy paces in all of college basketball. So they were able to get that one in for you. Also being able to get another over in for you is Denver. They're currently in overtime against South Dakota right now. Nip and tuck game. It's a two-point game with about 30 seconds remaining. So we shall see what happens there. But I can report that you were able to get another over there. And a team has been so befuddling this year against the spread has been Memphis. Memphis was steamed up to a 10.5 point favorite. The opening number of like seven or so I thought was correct. And I mean, it certainly was. 84 to 77. Memphis gets the win, but they do not get the cover. As for Temple, we give our own Delane Kiffin go owls. It's been a relatively rough year for them, but right now Memphis is just playing the Olay style of defense, and if you did have Memphis, they were up 45-21 to in the latter part of the first half in this one. If you want to look a little bit later on, in the middle of the second half, they were up 18 points, and they made like your buddy at the bar, and they could not close to be able to get you to cover. Memphis now 7-16 and against the spread as far as the season, and Temple, they climbed to 
8, 12, and 2 against the spread. So that was a little bit of a game of intrigue as well. And then if you're looking at another game that did stand out to me, just a little bit north of Colorado was held down. They got the win, but they were unable to get the cover against Montana State. This by kind of 73 to 70 as Northern Colorado has been one of the bigger rocket ships in all of college basketball thus far this season. And this is a game that is currently going on as I record this. But at the half, you did see Florida Atlantic. We give our order Lane Kiffin goals up on UAB. And second half just started up by kind of 43 to 38. Florida Atlantic close on this one. About a five and a half point favorite. It's been a little bit of a slog for them trying to be able to cover in conference play. So we shall see what happens there. And if you are taking a look at the lay of the land in college basketball right now, I am doing this well. We do have quite a few games for Thursday that are still going on because with the Thursday games, you get a lot of the like Big West, West Coast Conference teams in general that are going down. So as a result, you do get a lot of later games, which is why there are a few results that we are still TBD on. But overall for the season, we have been seeing the overs continue to hit like wildfire. 1,964 overs to 1,867 under. So 51.3% hit rate. So for overs as far as the season, home underdogs just continue to flail. They're at 501, 525, and 17 against the spread this season. That is a 48.8% hit rate. And if you look at the last seven days in college basketball, has been a whole heck of a lot better. 43, 47, and one against the spread for home underdogs. Unders are starting to make a little bit of a surge. 152 unders, 148 overs over the last seven days with a few pushes thrown in there along the way. I believe that you've had a grand total of three pushes on there. So you've been seeing a little bit more under action there. And home teams are just struggling in general in college basketball. Over the last seven days, they have went about 46.8% against the spread. And it does look like we are going to be getting in that Arizona versus Utah game double overtime. So we shall see what happens on that front. And I'll try to recap that a little bit later on during the week because there's going to be no recap on the podcast tomorrow with the 100 million billion games we have on college basketball on Saturday and three, count them, three games for this college basketball Friday. We'll be talking about that with Eli Becker. We'll give a little bit of shine to really the only conference that decided to play on this site in the Mountain West and also talk VCU versus Dayton with our good friend Eli Becker of HXCUB next right here on Coast Christian with myself, Craig Peterson, now for part of the Family Podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show slash podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp and over at BetterHelp, they're helping you try to be able to ease up on your life a little bit more because I'm sure that you, much like myself, wish you had a little bit more time on your hands, whether that be to pursue a hobby. I myself could use a little bit of sleep as I've been handicapping about like 300 games a week and you're not able to get a lot of sleep when you're working that much, so hopefully you appreciate it on this podcast. But that said, 
Therapy can be exactly what you need to be able to get a little bit more time on your hands to pursue exactly what you love. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Coast today. That's C-O-A-S-T to be able to get 10% off through your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Coast. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my dance, dance, (laughs) Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. We're back here from Las Vegas for Guns Cuts with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And it is always great to be joined by this man as Eli Becker. He does such amazing work taking a look at this great game that we all know and love of college basketball every single time he joins this show he lends tremendous insights and he is the founder of one of the best networks for being able to take a look at college basketball out there that would be heat check cbb you're able to follow them easy enough at heat check cbb and eli much like myself he is out here on the west coast and you're able to follow him on twitter slash x very easily at his last name betger last name is spelled b-o-e-t-t-g-e-r underscore and then eli spelled all together and eli always great to have you aboard thank you Absolutely, Greg. Always a pleasure to hop on and talk college hoops with you. Always great to be able to have you aboard, my friend. And Eli, it is a very, very dull slate of college basketball on Friday. And before we dive in a little bit further with regards to the slate, just how do you take a look at the scheduling in general? Because I do think that there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to get buried on the Saturday slate. And I do think that it's legitimately bad for people like myself that want to bet on college basketball that there's only three games for one and two it's bad for a lot of these mid-majors that they have a very good opportunity to shine on Friday where there's not a lot happening. And said so many of them are going to get completely buried on Saturday. That's a really good point. And it's caught me by surprise before we hopped on. I'm just about such a limited slate for a Friday night in which there could be a lot of great slots for quality college basketball competition. But I feel like in large part, college basketball has gotten better at playing I would say significant, if not meaningful, games seven days a week. It's not like it used to be where Friday nights was absolutely nothing and Sundays were pretty limited. And I know there's so many conflicts here between the NFL and different broadcast uh, agreements and NBA and whatnot. But, I mean, gosh, three games out of a sport that has 360-plus teams in it, that's a little bleak, I would say, in terms of a college basketball slate. So, at least it's a little bit of quality over quantity. A pair of Mountain West games and also an A-10 game. It could be a lot worse than this, but you're right. I think this kind of goes back to some earlier points as well that people have made about the Champ Week schedule and so many of the conference tournaments that are on Saturday, which makes Saturday the day before Selection Sunday amazing when we have 16, 18 title games going on. But there are some nights that week where there aren't any or pretty much entirely a quarterfinals night. So I think there's absolutely something to be said about because there are so many teams nowadays in Division I basketball that there are quite a few open time slots. And I would have to imagine, and I'm not in these rooms, but I would have to imagine that Turner and Disney and a lot of these broadcast groups have windows and have openings that would air some quality college hoops coverage. And I would have to imagine that conferences like the Mountain West and the A-10 and the like draw some interest, especially when they're having good years. So a long way to answer, I know, but uh, I do think you're absolutely right that there are so many opportunities for these games to be played in different time slots and on different days. It gets more attention to get more eyes on these great conferences. No doubt about it. And I do understand that the Super Bowl is this week, which is why it makes no sense that there's more games on Sunday than Friday. So, I mean, that actually backs it up all the further. So just a little bit befuddling there, but you did mention it. We do have three pretty good games that are going to be going down on this Friday. As Eli Becker, who does tremendous work over at HXCBB, is joining me right here on Coast Coast Hoops. And I really think that's pick your poison with regards to 
which game you feel like is a better one because VCU versus Dayton is good. San Diego State versus Nevada is good. And then San Jose State, Colorado State, I am sorry. That is the number three game. That is the one game in which we've got a double figure spread on. But how about if we first things first hit on a game that is dear to us here out here on the West Coast in San Diego State versus Nevada because last time these two teams met, San Diego State won that game by double figures. But both teams were really cold from the floor. But I love the way both teams are playing defense. How do you take a look at this contest? Because for San Diego State, this is a massive game for them as they enter into this one in a four-way tango for first place in a very competitive Mountain West. The league has been great this year. It's been so competitive in the top half of the conference. I would have far different feelings about this game had Nevada not gone on the road and not only beat Utah State, but did so convincingly to to pick up a 14-point road victory in Logan against a Utah State team that entered that game 19-3 and on the year and has been, I would say, almost easily the most impressive breakout team in all of college basketball this season. That really righted the ship, if you will, for Nevada and got them, I would say, back on at least the bubble or at least in that range where they feel better, like they have some control of their destiny here in the next handful of weeks because prior to that, it was a pretty rough slide. And this is a Nevada team that started 15-1 and that even then was still a little overshadowed by the likes of Colorado State, Utah State, and even San Diego State, even Boise State, maybe to a bit of a similar extent there. But Heading into this one, this is a massive opportunity for Nevada to continue that momentum from a significant road victory, which just does not happen very much in this conference, and do so against an Aztecs team that will probably very likely end up being a quad one result, win or lose for Nevada on Friday night. So it's a team that is pretty balanced on both the offensive and defensive side. The detriment, I would say, about the Wolfpack is it just seems like they absolutely have to have Keenan Blackshear and Jared Lucas hitting, or else it just seems like there isn't that third or fourth scorer that can step up. And I'm sure they've gotten contributions from guys like Nick Davidson and Daniel Foster and, and Trey Coleman, but there's such a steady drop-off after Blackshear and Lucas. And if one of them has an off night, it really gets dicey. And when they're both hitting, they're excellent. It seems like they can beat just about anybody. And facing off against the San Diego State team, which maybe isn't nearly as elite defensively as it had been the two years prior, it's still a top 20, top 25 defense, and they absolutely know how to shut down go-to scorers. So it's going to be tough. I think that SDSU will lean on their perimeter defense in this one. It's a huge spot for both teams. Like you said, Nevada, I think their goal maybe isn't necessarily so much on Winning the Mountain West title, even though they're a game back in the loss column, I just don't really see that uh, kind of based on what the remaining schedule looks like. But with a four-way tie at the top, with so many teams divided by just one game for the Mountain West lead, I mean, each of these games, you just can't underestimate how important each one of these matchups are from here on out. Oh, absolutely. This is a Mountain West that is absolutely superb. As joining me on the show, we do have Eli Becker, who does tremendous work over at Heat Check CBB. Joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. And how would you power rank the Mountain West right now? Because I feel like it really is sort of a pick-your-own-adventure. Colorado State is a little bit more of an offense-oriented team. They're going to be going up against San Jose State. And if you want to call for the upset... For San Diego State, for San Jose State going on the road, you let me know. But that is one that I am certainly not going to be doing, though. I take a look at the point spread of 17. I think we went a little bit too far there, but certainly do think that Colorado State is going to be able to get a nice win there. But how do you take a look at the lay of the land in the Mountain West? Because I feel like those top four, you can even throw in their five teams with Boise State. I feel like they're very 
equally matched. I feel like each team has their own strengths and weaknesses that will actually help them out in the NCAA tournament because I do feel like all five of these teams that are towards the top, they play a little bit of a different style. They do, and that's kind of the interesting thing about a lot of these matchups is because there are so many contrasting styles. You have a New Mexico team, for example, which has one of the highest tempos in all of college basketball, and a lot of the other competitors in this league are very much content playing a half-court style game. Some run through the post. Some are a little bit more perimeter-oriented. Colorado State likes to space teams out. Utah State's going to bang inside a little bit more. So it's really fascinating to see these different styles and them, all these coaches who have done such a great job making it all work, especially with so many newcomers, with transfers, with guys departing. As far as power ranking the top half of the conference, I've been saying this all year long. It's just, it's so hard for me to pick against San Diego State. And it's funny now that we're seeing this team, they're 18 and five. They've been kind of in and out in the top 25 poll. And it almost feels like a bit of a disappointment, I'd say. And especially coming off a national championship appearance, they've had so many close calls against weaker teams. But Brian Dutcher and his staff just seem to find a way to really hit an extra level once February and especially March rolls around. And I like the way their remaining schedule plays out. They've got some winnable games at home. Beyond a way test at Utah State, I really like how this remaining schedule shakes out for them. They've got Colorado State, New Mexico at home. They finish up at home against Boise State. That may be a winner-take-all matchup. So I think San Diego State, even though they have been flying a little under the radar with so many other competitors emerging in this conference, I think they're sitting in a pretty good spot. Beyond that, I like New Mexico a lot. I think they've been super impressive this season. My concern more so is with how they play away from the pit, and that's been kind of the major question mark so far. And yes, they've won each of their three previous road matchups in pretty convincing fashion, but they were against the three worst teams in this conference. So they have yet to prove that they can beat a legitimate top contender in the Mountain West on the road. So that's something that I'm monitoring moving forward because you're going to have to steal at least one or two. And coming up, their last four games of conference play at Nevada, at San Diego State, at Boise State, at Utah State. They've arguably got their four toughest road tests from here on out. So I'd have to imagine that's going to make things a little bit more challenging. But I mean, Boise State's been really good. They're going to always be in the mix with uh, defensive intensity. Utah State, of course, has been super impressive. Kind of curious what happens with them and if their jump shooting can stay at a consistent level. And then Colorado State, defense is always going to be the question mark for them because they are such an offensive-oriented team, but they also have a pretty favorable schedule once they're able to hit through this next stretch and have some winnable games at home. So I would go San Diego State as probably the most likely champion in my mind, but a lot of other teams have certainly cemented themselves as legitimate contenders, and that's why this thing is still so wide open halfway through conference play. It is such a fun conference, and it is a very competitive one. I think that everyone just nationwide should be taking note of it. And Eli, something else that we should be taking note of is the other major game, in my opinion, that is going to be going down on Friday. That would be Dayton versus VCU. The Dayton team, other than that loss against Richmond, has really been rock solid this year. They're playing much more of a brand of basketball that is high scoring. They're not really speeding themselves up, but they just have been really efficient on offense. But they're going up against a VCU team that has really been dominating on defense recently. How do you take a look at this one? Because I think that this is another really interesting and really good mid-major matchup. It is. I love this Dayton team. I think the Flyers are super legit. They've excelled this season largely due to Deron Holmes, who's one of my favorite players in the entire country. He's just magnificent. Everything that he does for 
Dayton, even if it doesn't show up in the box score, and that's kind of ironic to say given his per-game stats are just tremendous, but he does so much for the Flyers and impacts the game in so many ways on, on both ends of the floor. I cannot wait to see Holmes play in the NCAA tournament with this team because they're so good offensively. They can hit from all three levels and they can just score in so many different ways. I think the biggest question mark for them moving forward is just making sure that they can defend at a consistent level throughout I know beyond Dayton, the A-10 has been kind of a mixed bag this year. I'd say the the floor is higher than what it has been in recent years, but there still isn't really a bona fide at-large contender beyond Dayton. There, of course, there are some teams that have emerged and have played really solid basketball, but not really to the level that can compete with Dayton on a nightly basis. But even saying that, VCU at home, that's traditionally been a very difficult matchup for opposing teams. VCU, of course, defends at a high level. Ryan Odom's done a great job establishing that in his college basketball tenure. And I think the key for them, as simple as it is, is just finding a way to make someone else besides Deron Holmes beat them and putting the ball in the hoop enough because that's that's really been the main concern for VCU so far this season and they've played a really difficult schedule they had a number of non-conference tests that they were close in that they just weren't able to pick up and even if they're not able to necessarily assemble an at-large resume I think this is a big opportunity for them to secure a major victory against one of their conference rivals and that would bode well for the A-10 tournament coming up n- not even too long now. And, of course, that's a conference tournament that is always wide open. Like, I would not be surprised at all if Dayton is upset in the A-10 tournament and this conference finds a way to send multiple bids. And it could very well be VCU, just given the way that they defend, they disrupt. I'm intrigued by this matchup. I think that VCU has a very legitimate chance because of the way that they're able to probably take Dayton out of their game a little bit. So it's a test for both teams. It's going to be a test for sure. It's going to be a rock fight. I think VCU's best bet is just to muck it up as much as they can, try to slow Holmes down and, and keep this game into the 50s and 60s. I think that this is going to be such an interesting game with Dayton. This is certainly not an up-tempo team, but they just run such good offense and a man that runs just such a good site. That'd be you, Eli. You and everyone else over there at HeatJexCBB are doing such tremendous work taking a look at this great game that we all know and love of college basketball. Let the good people at home know how they're able to follow you on social media and other platforms and just what's all on tap for you. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it as always, Greg. You can always find our stuff on HeatCheckCBB.com. Our social media handles are at HeatCheckCBB. We're gearing up for March. It's going to be here before we know it. February is a short month, so we'll be talking conference tournaments and bids and seedings and everything like that in no time. I know we already are, so a great time of year. Always a pleasure to hop on and talk college hoops with you. And it is always great to be able to get Eli Bord. He does such a good job taking a look at this great game that we all know and love of college basketball. Every single time he and anyone else from HXCBB joins the show, you know you're getting great insights. So big thanks to Eli for joining me on Cusco Superstar, part of the Visa Family Podcast and coming in next well it is a short slate of college basketball but we still do have college basketball on friday i'm gonna keep you guys picks and analysis on all three of these games next as we get some big witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Las Vegas for Cusco Soups with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by Eli Becker. He does such good work taking a look at this great game that we all know and love of college basketball. Every single time he joins this podcast, he lends such good insights and 
Man, it's a short slate, but you know what? It's going to be a fun one with a few Mountain West games. Eli's out here on the West Coast, much like myself, doing a great job taking a look at all that we're getting in the Mountain West, Pac-12, but really everything in all of college basketball. So big thanks to Eli for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this College Basketball Friday as we hit some bank shots. Most financial establishments close at a certain time, but not here. It is time for a side and total on every game on today's betting board bank shots. Do note that as per usual, any changes are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter slash X feed at unit underscore D1. Really easy to be able to go in rotation order when we've got three games all starting at different times. So, I mean, it's just in time order. We don't need to see anything more. So, we are going to get things started with 885-886. Dayton is on the road facing off against VCU. VCU, a home underdog of two points. Settles between 135 and 135 and a half. I did set Dayton as a three and a half point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay this number with VCU. The squad has done a really nice job rising up being a top 75 team. Serves the points a lot on a per possession basis, but I just look at the way that the Staten team is playing right now. They're one of the slowest teams at all of college basketball outside the top 310 with regards to total possessions per game, but yet they just continue to get to 70 plus points on the regular because this is one of the most efficient and free-flowing offenses in all of college basketball. Entering into Thursday's action, this team is 17th in all of college basketball in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis and really takes no fall-off when they're in a roadside shoot score environment. Still a top-25 team when they are away from home, and this team just has everyone out there on the floor shooting it from three-par range. It doesn't matter whether it's your guards like Colby Elvis and company, whether it's Dayron Holmes, You've got everyone being able to light it up as Dayton. They shoot 42.1% from three at home. Does take a little bit of a drop off in a roadside shoot court environment, but it's still shooting 37.7% from three-bar range, one away from home. That's relatively impressive. And then you've got Holmes, who I mentioned, along Nate Santos, combining for a little bit over 14 rebounds per game. Kobe Brea shoots 48.5% from three-bar range. All while this team, even though they are playing super slow, they only turn the ball over about 10 times for contest. And that's where I think that they are going to be able to win this game against VCU, because VCU you. They've done better with the turnovers, but they are turning the ball over about 12 and a half times for contest. That has led to some inefficiency when it comes to offense. This is a VCU team that also shoots better from three-par range away from home rather than at home, shooting 38.5% from three-par range in a roadside shoot court environment. Meanwhile, at home, they shoot closer to about 35.5% from three-par range. VCU has also been able to do a relatively solid job on glass, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to quite do enough against Dayton because you don't really have a single guy for this VCU team that has been able to give you north of six rebounds per game. Now, hopefully I'm saying his last name correctly, but I know that Toby Lowell has been able to do a nice job of giving you about five and a half rebounds per game, and then you've got a lot of guys with some versatility. You've been able to have Kune Kune give you a few boards. He's been able to pop it out about a 43% clip from three points. Matt Shulga does a bit of everything. Four assists, five boards, 15 points per contest while shooting darn near 40% from three along Joe Bejmili, who's been able to give you about 13 points per contest. They have been dealing, though, with an injury to Sean Beresau. Just came back in that game against Fordham, and he was able to give the team 12 points, eight boards. So, should be good to go to there. And this VCU team, they have been a top 10 team in all of college basketball in terms of being able to guard the arc. But even if Dayton is not able to get those three-point shots that they're accustomed to, I still think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job down low, and this is a Dayton team that while they're not the same team defensively that they have been in past years, you just take a look at the way that they've been able to go into overdrive mode with regards to their defense. It has been rather impressive. This Dayton team has now allowed north of 71 points just once since the beginning of the month of December. I do think that this is going to be 
a game that is going to be a little bit nip and tuck. I do think that there's going to be some late game fouling. I think that Dayton does just enough to be able to get to 70 points against a VCU team that in their own right, they have been really bearing down on defense. They have given up 67 points or fewer in really each out of their last seven games. So I do think that this is going to be a game where you're going to see two very efficient offenses really battle it out against two efficient defenses. But I do think that that late game fouling is able to get you there on the over. Did semi total 137 FM with Dayton. Did make them the three-point favorite. I just flat out think that they execute in this spot. Looking at the over, and I'm willing to lay up to three with Dayton. 867-868 is the DK Network right to pick. Nevada is going to be playing us to San Diego State. The Aztecs of San Diego State are a 1-1.5 point underdog. Totals between 141.5 and 142. I did set Nevada as a three-point favorite. I am going to be willing to back Nevada in a little bit of a wrench spot, but I think you get much of what we saw the first time around. My DK Network right pick is on the under. First time these two teams played, it was a 71-59 slog. Now, you had both of these teams be pretty cold from three-par range. They want to combine 11-44 from three-par range. I think that they're going to be able to do a little bit better this time around, but the question becomes how much better this time around and I don't think that it's going to be like leaps and bounds better as both of these teams are two of the better ones in college basketball in terms of opponents three-point shooting percentage. San Diego State, they are 31st in the country in terms of being able to guard the arc. Opponents are shooting 30.5% from three-point range against them. Nevada allows opponents to shoot just 31.5% from three-point range, 58th in the country. That improves at 30.8% when they are at home. Also, you've got a Nevada team that doesn't come up with a lot of second chances. They are outside the top 200 with regards to their offensive rebound rate, while both of these teams are also playing super-duper slowly. Nevada is the slower of the two teams at 253rd with regards to total possessions per game, and San Diego State, as of right now, is at 207. That said, if you take a look at San Diego State, this is very much the script that they followed last year as well. San Diego State was playing a little bit too fast for their own good out of conference last season, really slowed it down in Mountain West play, and if you look at the last six games. It has been a San Diego State team has been playing at a rate of about 4.9 possessions per game fewer in this last six game stretch than they did in their first 17 games of the season. I do think that San Diego State has a little bit of an edge down low because you do have Jaden Liddy, the best little post player in this game. 20 points, 8.5 rebounds, shoots 38.5% from three-point range, but really neither of these teams just light it up from three. San Diego State is collective. They do shoot 33% from three. They could really use more out of LeBron Butler along Darion Trammell. These two guys are combined for about 17.5 points per contest. Five and a half assists. They really don't turn the ball over a ton. Really, neither of these teams do. San Diego State about 11 turnovers per game. Nevada, nine and a half turnovers per game. Neither of these defenses really force a lot of turnovers as well. They just get into your grill and they play good, tenacious defense. But I do think for Nevada, if they lose the battle by a little bit down low, that you're going to be able to get a little bit of production out of some like a Nick Davidson, who's been able to give you 11 and a half points, seven boards. He's been highly productive for a Nevada team that they just really don't miss assignments on defense. It's a Nevada team that is now giving up 71 points or fewer in 17 out of their last 19 games. And you've got two guys in the backcourt that I think lead the team to victory. Keenan Blackshear just stuffs the sad sheet, 16 points, 5 boards, 4.5 assists, steal an app per contest, while Jared Lucas shoots 39% from 3, 17 points per contest. You've got a pair of squads that, I mean, they do have their suspectness with regards to their shooting, but I, I do think that for San Diego State, they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job of being able to slow this game down. I do think that you get yourself a spot as well in which 
you're going to be having this Nevada team just be able to utilize that home court advantage to what they do so well because Nevada is 26th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis at home, giving up about 14 points fewer per one hour possessions when they are in their friendly confines rather than in a roadside shoot record environment. And last time this Nevada team gave up north of 72 points in a home game, you have to go all the way back to last season. This has been a team that at home, they have held everyone down. I think that you're going to be seeing much of the same year. I think that Nevada is going to be able to get their revenge. I think they're going to heat up from what we saw the first time around, but I do think that both of these teams are going to be laying quite a few bricks. My DK Network right to pick that is going to be on the subtle under, and with Nevada, did set them as the three-point favorite, so I'm going to be willing to lay the one to one and a half, and we wrap things up with 889-890 on the betting board. It is Colorado State, and they play as the San Jose State. San Jose State finds themselves as a underdog of 17 points, and your total on this game, you're going to be getting it at a 143 to a 143.5. Did set my total at a 145.5. This is going to be a circumstance where I'm going to be taking a look at this little over. You've got a San Jose State team that has actually been relatively solid in terms of their offense. This defense, though, it has been wretched to say the least. You've got a San Jose State team as well outside the top 200 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis going up against Colorado State team that's in the top 30 with regards to a point scored on a per-possession basis. And both of these teams do a nice job of really being able to take care of the ball. And neither of these teams are going to go out there and really generate a lot of turnovers. And for San Jose State, it's a little bit more of a top-heavy team. I actually do like what you've been able to get out of your core for us. Tibet Gronair, Trey Anderson, these two guys combined for about 25 points per contest and 40% three-point shooting while being able to have some good versatility. And then you've got Alvaro Cardenas, who's been your main facilitator. Five and a half assists to less than two turnovers per game. She's 38.5% from three. While Myron Amy Jr. has been your top scorer with about 15 points per contest. Problem is, this is a San Jose State team that's also getting completely barbecued from three-point range as well. With San Jose State, they allow opponents to shoot from three-point range in that neighborhood about 38%. That is 357th out of 362 Division I teams. Now, like Colorado has not necessarily been the world's greatest three-point shooting defense either, but I mean, they're more on 229th. Actually, allow opponents to shoot 36.2% from three compared to 32.5% in a roadside shoot court environment. And despite the fact that down low, you've been able to get some relatively good production in terms of shot blocking out of Adrame Dionge. He comes in from the Senegal 7-footer for San Jose State. He's been able to do a solid job being able to get the seam right around about a block and a half. Chips in there about five rebounds per game. I do think that for Colorado State, they just have enough down low to be able to really dominate there. You've got Nikwe Clifford, who's been able to come in from Colorado, give you seven rebounds per game. And then on top of that, Joel Scott. He's really the main guy on the team that doesn't shoot from three, but he just does a nice job of being able to give the seam some rough and tumble. A block, a steal, 12 points. That sets up Isaiah Stevens, who shoots 45.5% from three, seven half assists, 16.5 points per game. To get this offense functioning at full force, Colorado State does a very solid job of just being able to keep their wits about them, take good shots, shooting north of 50% from the floor. And with the way that San Jose State has just been bleeding points, they were actually able to hold Fresno State below at 70 points. That was the first time in a very, very long time that they were able to do that as they have given up 77 plus in four either last five games. And if you want to date it back a little bit further, this is a San Jose State team that has now allowed at least 75 points in all but two of their games since the beginning beginning of the month of December, I do think that you're going to get some points here. 7 by 12, 145 and a half. We're going to add the over with Colorado State. Did make them a 15 and a half point favorite. I think that they're going to be able to get theirs, but I think that this number is a little bit too big because Colorado State, a little bit leaky on defense as well and actually giving up more points per possession at home rather than on the road. So, going to be willing to take the 17 with San Jose State and I'm going to be taking a look at the over and that wraps things up. For the Friday edition of Cubs Coast Soup, now part of the Beeson family of podcasts. Big thanks to Eli Becker. Does tremendous work.
work over at eCheckCBB, the founder of that great network. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Ghost Ghost Seeps, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, do have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at Jaden underscore D1. Keep in mind letters the end. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other way. That's fine. An Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire on whatever you like here on this podcast via the five star review. And I'm coming at you guys every single day throughout the college basketball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can be all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you and you're able to learn more over at BetterHelp.com. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 